welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. You may be seated. Welcome again to church. I'm so glad that you're here tonight. Uh, Who's ready to read and open our Bibles together? Is anyone? I am. I hope you are. It's one of the important things that we do when we gather as a church is that we open God's Word, and I just believe that God's Word, when we open it, it's alive and active. I believe that when we read it, it reads us. I believe that it's more than a message from a preacher, but it's a message to each one of us from God through a person. So are you ready? Open your Bibles to Acts 17, or we've got a massive electronic Bible on the screen here. We have the ability to do that. Um, Acts 17, and, and I'm going to read from verse 22 in a minute, but... Paul here is addressing these people. These people are at a place called, I'm going to get this right, so bear with me, because I walk into the foyer tonight and Mel's, Pastor Mel is emceeing, as you know, you just saw Shid Communion, and a great job you did, Mel, by the way, thank you for that. Um, and I'm like, she's like, anything you need, so I'm like, yeah, how do you pronounce this? And she's like, she gave me the right answer, and I'm like, oh, awesome. And she's like, oh, and I've been there, I've got a photo of me there if you want to see it. I'm like, I was literally going to my office to Google a photo to put on the screen for this message. So there you go, Mel. Shout out to Pastor Mel. There she is. So this is at the, I want to say Aeropagus, but it's not. Acropolis. 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 Aropagus. Aropagus. Flippin' awesome. Aropagus. Have we got some more photos there, Mackenzie, of Mel's trip, Aeropagus? That's, uh, is that your lecturer, Mel, from college? That's Mel's college lecturer. He is sitting on this very rock of this place where Paul was some years earlier. Pretty special moment, hey? This overlooks, and the next one, you can see the whole city of Athens there. Pretty, that, this is the moment, this is the place that Paul stood and preach this message that we're about to read in Acts chapter 17. He's standing on that very place. So I just want to encourage us that our Bible is full of real people, that of real things that happened in our history of our world. And I don't know, sometimes I sort of get caught in my life. It's like, yeah, well, that's okay for you. You didn't live, well, no, they walked the same world that we walked in. They walked the same earth. Acts 17, verse 22, Paul standing there before the council addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, tonight I address you like this. People of Ormo, I don't know where you're from. Redlands, if you're a little bit fancy. But really, it's just in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's no fast way to get anywhere if you live in the Redlands, but you love trees, so that's good for you. Um, Where are we from? Logan? Anyone from Logan? People of Logan, people of... The Gold Coast, Northern Gold Coast, wherever you're from, people of Tambourine, they're not from the Gold Coast because they're better than the Gold Coasters as well. Oh, I see that up the back there. Thank you, the Hellbigs. Yep. It's a very big place. Some people call it something else. Uh, that's a hell big joke. It's the best I can do, short notice. Thank you, Andrea. Um, he says, men of Athens, I noticed that you were very religious in every way, for as I was walking around, I saw many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription, to an unknown God, this God whom you worship without knowing is the one I am telling you about. My first point is this, it is simply, look, 
Do we know that our world is looking for more than what they have received, more than what they have experienced, more than what they have felt in their experience of the world today? Humanity is searching. People are looking. Not this week, but last week I got to go to Harvey Bay. Who's been to Harvey Bay? Anyone been well watching? That's what it's known for. Been to Fraser Island? Maybe, I don't know. You've been that way. Um, but I met up there because it was my best friend's birthday. And talking to him, he's like, Chris, what are you doing? He's like, for my birthday, I just want to get your family, my family together. He lives in Rockhampton. Let's drive halfway, meet in the middle, and we'll spend a couple of nights in an Airbnb there and hang out. You see, the cool thing about Chris is that Chris is a pastor of a church, is a campus pastor of a church up there, but he wasn't always this way. He wasn't always a Christian. He didn't grow up in a Christian home. But do you know what? God placed him in my world. We started in school together in grade two. We did all of our schooling together right the way through. We've been friends forever. And um, this Chris guy, when I got serious about God in about grade 11, I, we were doing these plus ones at youth. Has anyone seen like a plus one card or whatever you want to call it? It's pretty much like an invitation card like Pastor Byron did this morning in the service where he got these invitation cards and he said, you know what, God, would you use this card? I'm going to pray over this person. I'm going to believe that I'm going to have an opportunity to invite. Anyway, I got passionate about God, so I started praying for my friends. I started praying for Leon and Sean and Chris. I only had three friends. Um, I'd love to have thought this story through and made it feel a bit better, you know. <laughs> it's all right. Um, but Chris wasn't the one that I started praying for. Do you know why? Because I didn't have the faith for it. So I'm like, no, no, you know what? I'll start with Leon. He's always at my house anyway. He's like that, you know that friend that you never invited, but he was always there? <laughs> Anyone got a friend like that? Is anyone in the room a friend like that? <laughs> just nudge them if that's them. But so I started praying, Leon, God, I just pray for an opportunity to share your goodness and what you've done in my life with my friend Leon. So I'm like, hey, Leon, do you reckon instead of dropping you home tonight so I can go to youth, because <laughs> he was always at my house, uninvited, my ad, would you go to youth with me? You know, and I remember this, like, it was like this nervousness as I was stepping out in faith to invite someone to youth or church. And if you've ever invited someone to church, it's daunting, isn't it? You're like, I hope that person's not on this. I hope this person's not doing that. I hope that weirdo's not doing this. Like, and it's like, oh, man, I hope I'm not the weirdo doing that. <laughs> God, you know, just whatever you do, help them not to think we're weirdos. Whatever it is, I don't know what my prayer was. But Leon came and he started coming to youth for a while, then he made a decision for God and his life changed. I'm like, okay, awesome, God, this sort of works. People are searching, people are looking for more, okay? My second friend and my long liner friends. <laughs> Seriously, I'm 33.333 reoccurring percent through my friend list at the moment, so it's pretty good. God, I pray for Sean. I just pray, Lord, that you'd give me an opportunity. You know, Sean came to youth and made a decision for God, pretty special. And then this is, the, this is the bit that blew me away the most. I remember one year, I was at school at lunchtime, and Chris came up to me. My best mate, Chris, he's like, Slats, I don't understand why you've invited Leon to youth, you've invited Sean to youth, but you haven't invited me. And I was there going, that's because I knew you wouldn't come. I didn't have the faith to invite you. I didn't think you wanted a bar of this. And all that to say, this guy came to youth, made, just his world was changed. 
He encountered God. He went on to be the youth pastor of that youth ministry. He went on to be the campus pastor of that very church that I walked down the altar and he made a decision for God. And then he's gone on. And then I remember we went on a road trip a couple of years later. We drove down here to the Sunshine Coast because we were Central Queensland boys. We went on a road trip and I remember we ended up at his sister's house because one, we had no money and nowhere to go and we didn't know what we were doing. So I ended up at his sister's house, her name's Renata, and then we convinced Renata to come with us to this youth conference that was happening. You know what? Renata made a decision for God. We go back and we're pumped up, and then his brother Michael makes a decision for God. Now these three kids from this, un- like, seriously, when he started coming to youth with me, he got in trouble because he wasn't out doing the things that his parents think a teenager should be doing. I was like, seriously, you've got to give that church thing away. You're wasting your life. These are the best years of your life. What are you doing in church? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you making stupid decisions with your life? <laughs> what am I saying all this to say this? I say all that to say this. People are looking. When I see what God's done in my life, when I, say, when I see his goodness at work in my family, when I see the goodness of God, I can't help but look at others. This love of God is too much for me to contain. It's too much for me to receive and it stays with me. I want to encourage us that people are looking, but you know what? So am I. I never want to be someone that gets through this journey that, God, yeah, I've experienced you. I've done this. I've read my Bible in a year. Whatever it is, that's enough for me. No, no, no. I consistently want to be stepping forward and looking for more of God. I want to be searching Just like these people of Athens, they didn't know what they were looking for. Paul's like, hey, I'll tell you what you're looking for. His name is Jesus. We can be very religious, but have we encountered Jesus? Can we personalize this? People in our world are looking, so am I. Let's read on in verse 24. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything and he satisfies every need. If you find yourself in need tonight, in need in your personal life, in your mental health, in your family, can I encourage you? Verse 26, from one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He, he decided for beforehand that they should rise and fall and determine their boundaries. Verse 27, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him, though he is not far away from any of us. Church, let's be a people that don't stop looking. Let's be a people that search for God because he is not far from us. Eugene Peterson in in his message paraphrase, he puts it like this. He says, starting from scratch, he made the entire human race and made the earth hospitable with plenty of time and space for living so we can seek after God. I like how he puts that. He made this place with plenty of time and space for living so we could seek after God. God's the most important thing in my life. That's why we live. That's why we have our being. The creator of all things created you with the life that you have and the family that you're in. And he created time and space for you to seek after him. 
he goes on to write, and not just grope around in the dark, but actually find him. He doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. He is near. God is not remote and he is near. Matthew 7, 7, very well-known passage. Does anyone know what that says? It says what? A three-letter word? Ask and it will be given to you. Now I'm just trying to see up. Seek and you will find. Knock. And the door will be open to you. Ask. I've prayed for things in my life. And to be honest with you, there's some things that I've really believed for and there's some things that I've half-heartedly asked for. Can I encourage us? We aren't responsible for the outcomes. Our job is to ask, our job is to seek, and our job is to knock. I remember um, selling chocolates for school. Did anyone do that? Do they still do that? Or is that like not safe for kids to be out on the street selling chocolates to strangers? Probably not cool anymore. I understand that. But who knows what it's like when you're going around door knocking or fundraising for something. It's like, I don't know, my childhood, I have heaps of memories of doing this sort of stuff. Has anyone else did that or not? Come on, thank you. And I remember like half knocking because you kind of want to look like you're kind of trying, but you're really slack for talking and asking people for money because it's really not fun. You know what I'm talking about? It's like half-heartedly, you know, like seriously, like a person with perfect hearing couldn't hear that knock, you know, it sounded like the wind or something blowing the front door, let alone the old person that lived in the house that you didn't want to talk to, but what am I saying is, are we people that ask, are we people that seek, and are we people that knock? Ask is more than just an asking, hey God, I pray for this once, it's bigger than that. It's to beg, it's to call, it's to desire, it's to crave. Have you asked God for more of his presence in your life? Have you asked for more people in your life that you come across with that you could share the love of God with? Have you really sought after God? You see, to seek is more just to look for something like, for example, sorry, Jethro, I'm going to throw you under the bus this morning, this evening. This morning, Jethro couldn't find his backpack. Seriously, it was in disarray because the Woolworths Marvel cards or whatever they are that is collecting at the moment were in this backpack and he couldn't find the backpack to bring to church. So he is searching, you know, six o'clock this morning, searching the whole house. Like, like, where did you left it? Where have you left it? It's like, have you checked the car? Have you checked the garage? You know, like, and it's like, I open the garage door and it's right there. Like, he checked the car in the garage three times, but he couldn't see the bag that was right there on the floor in front of the car. Sometimes we search for God, it's like that. God, I can't see you. Where are you, God? And then we just go back to worrying. (laughs) We go back to stress. We go out to our anxious state rather than stopping and seeking God again. Can I encourage us? Let's be persistent with our asking. Let's be persistent with our seeking. Let's not have a man's look if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Can I get an amen? Seriously, the amount of things I cannot find in our cupboard, like our pantry cupboard, it's astonishing. Um, I'm good with most things except the pantry. I just can't seem to find anything in the pantry. Knock. Do you want an answer? Sometimes, there's times in my life where I've felt scared to knock because I know that God or the Holy Spirit will challenge things in my life if I go there. Has anyone experienced that? 
where it's like, I'll do my little fake knock like my little boy selling chocolate because God, I like the idea of you, but I'm not willing just yet to submit my own will and my human nature and my flesh for your goodness at work in my life. Can I encourage us? Let's knock even if it hurts. Even if there's a fear that God's going to address some things in our life and we're going to have to change. I know it sounds daunting, but my second step is this. If my first one is look, my second one is repent. Sometimes there's moments where we need to knock and go, God, you know what? If, if you open the door, I give you access to my life. And if you open this door and there are things in here that you're not okay with, I will journey with you and you can change what you want in my life. Let's read on in Acts 17, verse 28. It says this, For in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own prophets have said this, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about all these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. The key is repentance. Can I encourage you? Repent. It's not a very <laughs> overused word in church these days, is it? I don't mean to be harsh by this message. It's just I was just reading and this is what I felt God put on my heart because I want to encourage us. Sometimes we need to do the hard work of our heart work. We need to repent. I like how it says that ignorance, God overlooked people's ignorance. We know in our world ignorance is an excuse, isn't it? Do we know that? Ignorance is an excuse when it comes to the things of God either. We can't keep on living a certain way without seeking after God consistently when he wants to bring us to a place of repentance. Repentance is, is more than what we know. I love uh, Jesus' teaching in Luke 15. There's three parables in Luke 15. Do you know what they are? Lost sheep, lost coin, lost son. You nailed it, Rach. Ref Rach, for anyone that's wondering there. What did I say? Lost sheep? Coin? Son? Sheep? Sheep, coin, son. You see, a sheep doesn't know any better. In the parable, the shepherd left the 99 to go after the one. We serve a God that goes after the one. So when we are on our Christian journey and we are journeying with God with the goal of becoming more like Him, we have a heart and a mind that seeks the one. The thing I know about sheep is they don't know any better. God goes after the ones that don't know any better. The second parable, the lost coin. Why do we go after coins? Because they are valuable. Because they're valuable. We have a world of people that don't know their value and they are lost, but they are so valuable to God that we would sweep the whole earth, that we would sweep the whole world to find that which was lost. The son is a different story though. The father doesn't go looking for the son. The son had to repent. He had to come to his senses and say, hey God, I've sinned against you. And God, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Can I be one of your hired servants? And he walks back and the, and the parable says that while he was still a long way off, the father saw him. So the father stood there looking. 
in my mind, the parable goes like this. Day after day after day after day, the father was there going, son, I'm waiting for you to come home. Repent. Turn. Come to me. This is the heart of our father. Would we be a people that would consistently repent and come back to him? I know you may not think that you've left it all, but there are moments where we've compromised and we've stepped out and we've gone off track a little degrees here or a little direction there. Can I encourage us? Let's repent. Let's come back. Repentance comes from the Greek word windex. No, that's a joke. I just love that movie. Does anyone love that movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding? I was literally talking to Eleni this morning. Who knows Eleni? Eleni, Eleni Tusa, she is now. I got to marry Eleni. Her, previous, her maiden name was uh, Monosteriotis. And I only know that because I had to remember it for the wedding. I was like, I, know, I couldn't, what can I say today? A gropolis or something, like, let alone monosteriotis, like seriously. So I'm like, monosteriotis, monosteriotis. Anyway, Eleni carries around a bottle of Windex. This is true. Dan can fact check. Is this true, Dan? It is a legit thing. The only, like, one of the two Greek people that I know carries Windex around in the car and uses it for everything. Man, I didn't know that movie was factual, but apparently it is. What am I saying? <laughs> Repentance. Greek word. Metaneo. It translates this in English, to think differently, to change one's mind. Not just to feel sorry, but to feel sorry to a point of action. It's not enough just to go, yeah, God, I'm sorry. Who, who's a parent here? It's like sometimes our kids good at saying sorry. But my, your actions don't show that you are repentant because you keep doing the same thing five billion times every single second. I'm speaking from a friend's perspective, not my own, of course. But, <laughs> but sometimes we're like that with God. So I'm sorry, God. I'm just not sorry enough to change at the moment. I'm sorry, God, for doing that, but I kind of enjoyed it. God, I'm, no, can we be honest for a second? No, repentance is saying, hey, God, I am so sorry because I know that that grieves you and it grieves me and all I want is to please you, not this earthly tent. This is not it, my friends. I am convinced that there is a life beyond here and now, a life forever. The Bible says that this is but a, 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 a vapor, a wisp, like gone here today, gone tomorrow. This is not the end. I want to please my heavenly father. I want to be about his business. I want to be, another translation of this word repentance is intent on obtaining God's pardon. Intent on obtaining God's pardon. The work of Christ is completed, but will we walk in it? Let me put it this way. It's radical life change. Repentance is radical life change. It's almost like stopping and reevaluating. and go, okay, I'm here now. God, where do you want me? I'll adjust my bearings. If you've done orienteering at school, I'll move my compass around. I'll get the bearing. Okay, you want me running in that direction, God? I'll go that way. Even though I know it was kind of fun over there, I, no, 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 God, I'm readjusting and I'm going your way. I, I keep 
quoting the same scripture every time I preach, so I apologize for it, but I felt I had to with this message as well. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, the next bit I don't normally quote though, and turn from their wicked ways. Sometimes we like the idea of humbling. Yeah, that's cool. We see that in the life of Jesus. We're called to seek. We're called to pray. But turning from our wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Church, can I encourage us? There is power in repentance. There is power in repentance. There's things that I've needed to repent of, and it's not even crazy things, but it's things like the approval of others. What does Paul say? He said, if I was still trying to please people, I could no longer call myself a follower of Christ. This life is different to the lifestyle of our world. There's moments where we need to repent from gratifying our flesh or our sinful nature. I remember I was in kids' church, and um, a kids' church leader prophesied over me, which is interesting. Because looking back, I wouldn't let that person prophesy in our kids' church. I'd be like, oh, you. (laughs) Zip it. Get out of there. And I remember this prophecy because it was just like, I don't know, it stood with me maybe because I liked the idea of it. I got this prophecy that my my house was going to be like this massive mansion. And I was like, yeah, come on, this is good. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Massive mansion of a house. I thought that was all right. I'll park that up there and one day we'll walk in that. That's cool. The funny thing is I don't live in a mansion. Let me just clarify that. But I do live in a beautiful brand new house. Kim and I were able to build a brand new house a year ago. It's just been a year old now. And But this point in my life, big house comes with one thing that I didn't know in this prophecy. It comes with a big mortgage. Can I get an amen? And not only do I have to pay for it fortnightly, but I pay for it fortnightly for 30 years. And it's like, wait a minute. This thing that I thought was awesome, this thing that I thought I would feel like I've arrived, this thing that I thought that would be happy when I had this, I'll be paying it for the rest of my life, nearly. Well, not the rest of my life, hopefully. I'm going to go to 100. Anyone else keen? Letter from the king. Amen. Um, But can I encourage you to say this? That house, that car, that next relationship is not going to complete you. It's not that new job. It's not that career. That's why I quoted Eugene Peterson in his message Bible. He says, don't fumble around worshipping these gods, the things that we think will give us what we want in this life. Let's read on in Acts 17, verse 31. It says, for he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. Point number one was, look, Point number two was repent. Point number three was live. I know that's a weird combination. Look, repent, live. This is going to sound really harsh, and I don't mean to be harsh. I feel like this message is being like, well, let's just chill out a bit, man. Do you need a holiday or something? No, I've just been reading my Bible, and this is coming up. Like, but this is what it says there. It says, 
I'll read it again, verse 31. It says, For he has set a day for the judging of the world. Sometimes I think we think that we will escape judgment. Can I just put a clarifier on this? We escape the consequence of an unfavorable judgment. I don't believe we escape judgment completely. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? How we live matters. It matters now and it matters then. But the good news is that I'm fully convinced that this is the best way to live now and then. So I plead with you, people of Ormo, (laughs) choose Christ now. Choose Christ now. Choose Christ tomorrow. Choose Christ the day after that. Choose him every moment of our life because I know what it's like to be human. Apart from what my wife says sometimes, disclaimer, I am human. And I need to choose him daily. But so do you. In this moment right now, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to respond. The first thing I'm going to do is if you're in this room tonight and you don't know the love of God, you're not in a relationship with Jesus, I want to extend an invitation for you to say yes. We're going to pray as a church. We're all going to pray together. And you're going to start your journey of faith today. You can be made new. Our new Christians course is called the brand new start because that's what this is. Accepting Jesus into our life and starting anew is a brand new start. So can I just ask everyone, just for the respect of the person beside you, could you bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment with me? If you're here tonight and you want to start a new life with Christ, would you be bold enough to put your hand up, I'll see it, and they'll include you in this prayer right now. Are you here tonight? You can do it right now. That's me, Slats. Include me in this prayer. I need a brand new start. Maybe you're here tonight and maybe you need to recommit your life. Maybe you're like that lost son in that parable where you once knew, but if you're honest with yourself, you've walked away. Maybe today is the day that you repent and take that first step back towards the love of the Father. Who's here tonight? Say, Caleb, yes, I see that hand. Thank you, man. You can put it down. Who else is here to say, yeah, that's me. I need to make a decision for God today. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a long time. We've got one wise person. Who else tonight says, yeah, Caleb, that's me. I want to be included up the back there. Thank you, ladies. I see all three of you. It's awesome. Over there, awesome. Two legends over there. Thank you, guys. Six very wise people. Who else is here tonight and say, hey, Slats, before you wrap up, please include me in this prayer. Don't let me leave this moment. Awesome. Why don't we all stand to our feet? Before we go on with this service, we're just gonna give an opportunity to pray a prayer with these six people that put their hand up. So could we invite them down the front right now? If you put up your hand, would you come down the front right now? That'd be awesome. I'd love to pray with you. I'll come down the front.
just come down. It's not embarrassing. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, would you just let me pray with you tonight if you put your hand up? Is there anyone else? Do you want to come down, man? I won't embarrass you. Come on down. Yeah, that's cool. Come on over, Jess. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Fantastic. That's cool. Cool. You want to come over? You can come over if you want. Awesome. I know a couple more put up their hands. If you'd like to come to the front, could you just join us in this moment? I'd hate to embarrass you or miss this opportunity. But what we're going to do now, church and people down the front, is we're going to pray a prayer. The church is going to repeat it after me. We're all going to repeat it. And it's a prayer to say, hey, God, I open up my life. I ask you to come in, change my future. Are you ready? So repeat after me. Dear God, tonight I open up my heart I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. And tonight, I start a brand new life with you. Change my future in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. Um, see my wife over there. Hey, guys, can you come this way? Sorry, guys, come this way. That's my wife over there. She just wants to uh, give you a Bible, anything you need. That'll be awesome. But... The rest of us in this room, thank you. I want to just um, give us an opportunity to one more thing. If we can just go back to worship, guys, that would be awesome. But um, I just want to give us an opportunity to repent. I know this sounds heavy, but one thing I know about repentance is that it opens up moves of God. And maybe there's something in your life that Holy Spirit has been prompting you on. I would love to give you an opportunity to respond tonight. What's not going to happen? is I'm not going to go on the confessional and you're going to have to say your deepest, darkest secrets to me. What's going to happen is the band's going to play loud. <laughs> and you're going to come down the front and you're going to say, hey God, I give you this. I was in a small group recently and someone in the room, they felt comfortable enough to share about their addiction that they were struggling with. And do you know what the room did? It wasn't judgment. It wasn't condemnation. It was almost like the tangible presence of God entered the room because where there's repentance it's like Holy Spirit works through that so I'm just going to open this altar in this last song if you'd like to come to the front no one's going to lay hands on you no one's going to ask you what you've done the front for but I just want to give you an opportunity to respond and repent and say hey God I just give you this God would you do a work in my life God I've gone a little bit off track here I give you this again Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.